1: Welcome to this week's episode of the Fade Route with D and Z IMD. And we've got a great show for you tonight. The Phillies go up to one of the Astros. The NFL trade line trade deadline delivers. And the Jets and Giants get their bubble burst on Sunday. But we're a New York-based show, so we're gonna begin with the Brooklyn Nets firing their manager, Steve Nash. The two mutually parted ways yesterday, after a two-and-five start to the season. Zach West Vaughn will serve as interim manager, but reports indicate Brooklyn might be pursuing Udoka from the Boston Celtics or Clint Snyder, who stepped down from the Utah Jazz earlier in the season. See, what a mess in Brooklyn. Who should the Nets hire? And why did Steve Nash get fired? Whatever they decide
0: to do is going to be the wrong decision. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. Since the Nets and Joe Sy, the owner, have decided to go down this route, they decided to go down the star hunting route when they went and got Durant, when they went and got Kyrie Irving, when they went and got James Harden, and then they in turn flipped James Harden to get Ben Simmons. They went down this route and it cost them big time. They had a good thing going. Were they the most star-studded? Were they filled with the most glitz and glamour? No. No. But with a coach in Kenny Atkinson teaching a young core of Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, and Jared Allen, The Nets had something going. They had something cooking. They absolutely did. It has been one misstep after another. Firing Atkinson at the request slash demand of Durant and Irving. Bringing in Steve Nash, who never coached before. Now, granted, he's 94 and 67 for his career, but you put together that squad, right, with the talent that he has, or had, I should say, you should be able to to be over 500. You should be. Nothing... In terms of playoffs, to speak of. No championships. No conference finals. Got knocked out in the first round by the Celtics. This has been a major, major underperforming franchise ever since they decided to go this direction. And at this point in time they have no choice but to stay the course, right? Durant is Durant, he's not going anywhere. Kyrie Irving is not going anywhere. Unfortunately, he is embroiled once again in scandal, marring his Brooklyn career and his career in general. It's been nothing but nonsense after nonsense after nonsense with Kyrie Irving. And you got what you paid for, right? You got what you paid for with Durant. You got what you paid for with Kyrie Irving. You got what you paid for with James Harden. And frankly, it doesn't matter who comes in and coaches because this team is going to underachieve. They're going to steamroll the coach. They're going to blame the coach because there's no accountability. There's absolutely no accountability from the players on this team. Udoka's a fine choice.
1: Fine choice. Fine choice fine choice in, in in what in what clownish world is this guy a fine choice this guy has been suspended for the whole season because of a scandal involving an employee with the Celtics it's almost like if they hire him it's like adding to the circus he that was fired
0: this, he was suspended for crude language towards someone he was suspended towards an inappropriate work environment now in terms of coaching <laughs> in terms of coaching he is the reigning defending coach of the reigning defending eastern conference champions oh, so he proved his mettle
1: that's he, tough man
0: he that's proved tough. his metal as a coach as that's, a that's coaching, like saying
1: that <laughs> okay, as okay. A person, okay okay you,
0: we need to be able to separate the person from the coach right do we though we, we do, do we?
1: That's like, uh, this guy could murder his family, but then go, you know, put up 30, and that's cool?
0: Chris Benoit was a fine wrestler. <laughs> but that's well, neither here nor there.
1: That's but. the tough part. It's like, you're like, it's like trying to say, like, you know, the, the Nets uh, acquired Jeffrey Dahmer in a three-way trade this, this day. Uh, he's got a, he's got an eating disorder, but he's a pretty good player. Like, what do you mean, man? Like, I don't know if, I don't know if you can, the, you know, the, the... They need a solid footing. And I don't think getting a coach that's part of a scandal or part of a, you know, a situation is a good idea. I think, you know, as a, you know, I do agree you got to separate the, you know, the player from what his personal life is and the coach from his personal, but not when you intertwine the two. It's not like he was having, um, you know, an extra marital affair outside of work. <laughs> he was doing it within the damn building. How do you think that how do you think that that that, that storm is gonna come together with Durant pursuing, you know pursuing experiences, Kyrie putting anti Semitic things on a social media feed, and then a coach who has a history of talking not correctly to staffers.
0: Joe Sy thinks he got his guy. Right? Joe Sy had this guy before he went and interviewed for the Celtics. This guy was under contract. This guy was in the fold on Steve Nash's staff. So, I'm thinking, and I think Joe Sy is also thinking that it's a homecoming. It's a return. And these guys know him They probably respect him to some degree as much as Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant can respect anybody. He had their ear. He's proven it, right? He didn't win, but neither did they. So he has proven his mettle as a coach like they'll take coaching anyway. And that's part of the problem from day one. As soon as they hired Steve Nash, it was, oh, KD okay, will coach some days and I'll coach another day. And, ah! you know, maybe we'll let Steve call a play or two. And, you know, it's like, this is what they have been sowing for years. And this is the problem with trying to build a super team. This is what happens. You threw the baby out with the bathwater. You threw the good team away. You're now strapped to... Strapped to cap hell. And... You're embroiled in nothing but scandal. And... For... Non-NBA fans... Or for fans of... Actual teams... This could... Not be... You know, this couldn't be better. It's not all. You know, just... It's absolutely karma at its finest work.
1: Yeah, I mean my whole thing is is you you had to know what you were getting into. And they don't and I think marks and management are acting like they didn't know. It's like you had to know what you're getting. I mean, the minute Kyrie Irving's trying to talk about, well, I wanted my contract and I only have to play 40 games, it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> are you a basketball player? Um, you know, at this time, you have kind of, at this point, you pretty much made your bed, <coughs> so you gotta lay it. Um, the fact that they're mutually parting ways leads me to believe that... Nash said, "Like I'm out of here. Like they don't want to listen. They don't want to do what I'm trying to do here. So I'm out. That's what I think happened. And because why else would why else would they why else would they can him? They're two and five, but what does that mean? I mean, they're they've got stars, they've got good players, and I don't even think Steve Nash is a good coach. I mean, my whole thing was is like I was hoping he was going to turn Ben Simmons' career around." If I'm, if I'm Marks, I know my days are numbered. Um, This this is a wrap for me. I'm going to say, yo, you know what? Let the inmates run the prison, man. You guys, player coach. <laughs> Do whatever the hell you want. Do whatever the hell you want. Because they don't care. They're not, they are like I said, they're not trying to win. Ch- he, these two guys that are the head stars of this team are not trying to win an NBA championship. They're trying to do everything else but win, and that's why Harden's like, "I'm out of here." You know, at one point you had all the stars wanting to go play there, and it's just like, for what? Look at the look at the Bucks. They're gonna go beat a team like the Bucks. The Bucks are seven and zero. They got a guy who wants to win championships on their team. Durant's a guy that went to Golden State and won his championships because he couldn't win with Russell Westbrook. Who's that's
0: laughing their asses off right now? Steph Curry and Klay Thompson.
1: You know what? I think Steph Curry and Klay Thompson would welcome Durant back. <laughs> you know that? I do. I do because that's who he is, man. And that and I think that's the other part is like we're not realizing like this is a different era for basketball players. Right? There are yeah. no more there are not a lot of killers out there. Right, They're just not. There's no Kobe Bryants, there's no Larry Birds, there's no Magic, no Michael Jordans, there's no Magic Johnson. It's like, hey man, I want to play basketball with you. Okay, come play with me. Oh, we'll play and have fun. Oh, I'm not feeling well today. I'm not gonna play. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen in the late 80s, early 90s, right? No, like, not at all. Like, oh, why don't you, hey, why don't you come play here? Why don't you come, with, that didn't happen. Players getting phone calls of, come play here, why don't you join up with me? Reggie Miller said if Michael Jordan had called him an accident during the Bulls, he'd tell him to go scratch. He'd tell him to go where to go. This is a different era, right? And you know what? You may be right. I think Kevin I think Klay Thompson, Seth Curry are laughing. Because they're playing hard, they win, and when they're on, they're unstoppable and they know that. I don't think Kevin Durant Kevin Durant can't really think that he's unstoppable. Right? No. He's been stopped.
0: Several Stop. times. Now, Bob Myers, right? They just re-upped three young players. They just re-upped Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody. Sean Marks calls you. You're Bob Myers. Sean Marks said, I'll trade you Kevin Durant for Draymond Green and those three players. Are you making that deal? If you're Bob Myers.
1: Uh, you know, I don't know what the temperature in the Golden State locker room is, but... Knowing what I know, as far as, like, Draymond's contract, because I think I'd want to re-sign Poole, Um, I would. I would. Yeah. Because I know, and the other thing is, is, like, I don't, Steve, Steve Kerr has run an organization before. He's been mm-hmm. a president. Like, and he's a hell of a coach. He's won championships. Like, he knows how to get through to players. And I don't think Steve Nash ever got through to Kevin Durant, and I don't think Kyrie Irving helped the situation. You know, so I think it's I think it's I think you can just write it off now. Brooklyn's done, though. Um, you know, I don't. This whole thing with Kyrie Irving and the anti-Semitic stuff is just getting uglier. Um, there, 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 There's not a. You bring in Udoka, I mean. I just don't think they're going to listen to him. I don't think Kyrie's going to listen to him. And and that team, you need all their stars to align for that to work.
0: Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D. and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave from the classic OB to Dutch apple to campfire s'mores and many more check out their website sweetlifebrowniecode.com for their Friday brownie drops at noon their site goes live and you see what they're making since you're there become a site member and earn points you earn 50 points just by signing up Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLife Brownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043, and tell them D&Z sent you. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com, 845-641-3043. Life brownie Co. Because there's always room for a brownie.
1: Of stars aligning. Man, there were some bombs going off in Philadelphia last night. The Phillies took a 2 1 series lead after the rainout happened on Monday. Uh, they did it by getting some colors and getting some colors early. So we had Bryce Harper hitting bombs, Reese, Reese Hoskins hitting bombs. I'm really, really worried the Phillies are going to win the World Series, man. But who's been your MVP so far?
0: Hallmark Channel, because I haven't watched a fucking inning of it.
1: You haven't watched any of it?
0: I haven't watched an inning of it, and it's the happiest I've ever been. <laughs> the happiest Rob Manfred I've ever loves ever. it. Rob Manfred loves it. But we know if the Phillies win the World Series, it is going to be the coronation of Bryce Harper. It doesn't matter how he does. They're going to trip over themselves to make him the MVP of the World Series. Yeah. That's just how it's going to be. I would say, based on his performance, Brandon Marsh! Brandon Marsh is more deserving. Kyle Schwarberg. Clutch pickup. Absolutely. Like, amazing pickup. He was dead in the water with the Angels. And now... He's a key cog in on this Phillies team, right? Castellanos brought in strictly a bad guy, only playing the field because Harper can't. Demonstrating that he can do the job, right? Alec Boehm, Mister, I fucking hate this place. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> he, he's performing. He's performing. Reese Hoskins is doing great. You know, Kyle Schwarber. It is truly a team effort. You're not getting much out of Segura and Stott, but there's enough going on around them that you're able to withstand that. But the league, if the Astros do not pull this out, which I think the league might want that because they were one of, one of the best teams, and it's not a good look that an 87 win team that limped into the playoffs is now your champion.
1: I don't know if you know. I don't know if the league cares about that. You know, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing: is like I I realized the Astros were in trouble when they blew the five nothing lead in Game One, when they knocked out Nola early, um, and. Verlander was on the mound. I remember it was 5-0, and I'm like, this is over. I changed the channel, only to find out the next day that the Phillies came back and won. It was like, in extras.
0: World Series Verlander is playoff Kershaw bad.
1: Yeah. 0-6. It's it's interesting, right? It's like, they're so good, and they're so dominant, but it's almost like they can't i don't think i don't think has anything to do with them not being able to handle the situation i just think when they face really good hitting uh in big spots they struggle that's the only thing i can think of because i remember the same thing used to happen to maddox glavin smoltz those guys were lights out during the regular season getting cy young awards we get into a fucking series with the Marlins. All of a sudden, with 6-1, and it's the third inning. Meanwhile, Greg Maddux finished these guys off, like, with 78 pitches in, like, July. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah, I... I'm, I'm, it's interesting how well Thompson has them playing because they get down and they're not out. Like it doesn't, it doesn't seem like either team gets behind and a lead is insurmountable. And haven't seen that kind of play from a major league team in a really long time, with, and with the exception
0: th- of Framber Valdez. And Ranger Suarez, the starting pitching has been dreadful. Yeah, it's been absolutely dreadful. This has been a bullpen series, and the Phillies bullpen, up until the playoffs, was god awful.
1: Yeah, Strange. Thompson is
0: making all the right moves.
1: You know, it's they're pl- they're definitely playing for him, but it's also it's like almost like that attitude is like even when we're out, we're not out of it. Like they've got that mindset, which. It reminds me, I hate to say it It reminds me of the Yankees That's how the Yankees were like, It's how the Yankees were in the early 2000s, late 90s Like yeah, be, you'd be up 6-2 And then the 7-8-9 innings Would take like two hours And you just weren't sure like What was going to happen, and especially if they were Playing in the Bronx, it was like, oh great You know, here we go lead They lead off with a double And, and all of a sudden, you know Now you bring in like some some uh, submarine pitcher from Vietnam and uh, you're losing by like four. It's like, you know, and that's what it really reminds me of. It just, like, I always felt like when the Braves were down, it's like, ah, we're out. (laughs) It's a wrap. We're done. We're not coming back. We don't come back. We don't ever come back. Once we're down, we're out. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same way about the Mets, but it's how I always felt about the Braves, like, when we were down, like, yeah, it's a wrap. There was, I think we played the Cardinals a few years ago in the first round, I think you scored like 100 runs in the first inning. It's like, yeah, it's a wrap. <laughs> you could just, you could just mercy us right now.
0: The Mets need to play from the lead. They absolutely <laughs> need to play from the lead.
1: They play <laughs> better when they're in front.
0: You know,
1: they, they do. We they, play better with a huge lead.
0: As you should. As you should. I mean, we they, can, aff- we- a
1: massive cushion, like an eight-run cushion, we feel comfortable.
0: You know, that's the only way a Met fan will feel comfortable that the bottom will not fall out on them is if the lead is seemingly insurmountable.
1: (laughs) But it's the way the Cubs feel too, I'm sure. But so, I mean, yeah, as far as me, as far as I agree with you, I mean, they're going to really try to give it to Harper, but it's not like he hasn't earned it. Like he's hit some, like, he's had some game-changing hits in this series so far and even in the playoffs in general and what what an amazing story would that be that the Nationals let him go they win the World Series he goes to the Phillies and somehow wills them to a World Series I mean what what better storyline is that I mean the Astros what storyline are we going on here? The cheaters trying to prove they didn't cheat? Are you going off of Dusty Baker finally you know winning a World Series as a coach? You know, like there's no there's no Astro story to go off of here, right? It's- well no,
0: it's a negative story because immediately game two we're keyed in on Framber Valdez touching his wrist. Because now we're we're looking for Things to possibly accuse the Astros of? Because yeah. What about they, all the
1: pine tar on Maldonado's?
0: Help what me. about the what about the grandfathered-in bat that only Albert Pujols should have been using? But Martín Maldonado came into the league the year after it was grandfathered in, so he's using it an illegal bat, and they're admitting as much on TV. they admit Verducci doesn't is, help
1: it much. It's more, he's batting like 178. <laughs>
0: It's too heavy. What do you want? Like it's the weight of the It's the weight of Albert
1: Pujols and exactly. like that.
0: Bag. It's not working. But um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, it's always something. It's always something.
1: No, it's it's remarkable how you know the Astros have gotten there after getting rid of their you know two of their best players. But there's no real storyline to jump off of with the Astros other than that you know they've. I think they they might have one or two more runs in them like runs at winning a championship with Bregman and altuve and yordan alvarez and their pitching staff but you know they're almost reminding me of like the braves like you know you guys great you break it in during the regular season and then it's all of a sudden you get to the playoffs and it's just like well, what the f man like verlander was unhittable now people are touching him up it's like okay we were they're scoring I mean, they didn't, they didn't really score. They score yesterday, but they they are scoring and runs. And you gotta feel good if you're the Astros. Like even if they were to lose tonight, I don't think they're out of it. I, you know, I, I, you can't count a champion out. And to me, they're still they they are a champion. Where I think if the mm-hmm. Phillies were down three one, they'd be like, all right, they're gonna wrap this up in
0: Houston. Well, it's three one, right? If it's if they win tonight, it'll be three one, with the potential. Series ender being Justin Verlander against Noah Syndergaard. Advantage oh, Astros. So no, so no, wait, Syndergaard so starts man. Game Five.
1: Oh, they're bringing him back because he was supposed to start. He was supposed to start last night, right? And they yeah. decided not to do that.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's already oh, been announced. It's already been announced. Very bold move. We'll nice see if that.
1: Cotton. We'll see if it plays off.
0: <laughs> we'll see, or if they go, if they they hit the panic button and just go to. Uh, well, right now Wheeler. it's
1: the fifth inning and. The Phillies are getting no hit. (laughs) That's pretty crazy. There
0: you go. That's baseball, Susan.
1: Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. Moving over to football, for the first time in a long time, the NFL trade deadline was pretty exciting. Big name stars like Bradley Chubb, Roquan Smith, the Fordham Flash, and Chase Claypool were sent packing. So, Z, who got better, who got worse, and who are you disappointed in?
0: I still like the James Robinson trade. I think he'll fit in fine with the Jets. McCaffrey, that's his like he's the that was the first domino to fall and after last week's game where he ran for a touchdown caught a touchdown and threw for a touchdown I mean that's the the height, right? That's the peak. McCaffrey can't get higher than that. Overall, that also caused the Jeff Wilson trade. So, there's a lot of connecting trades going on here, and the one thing that was a real old-fashioned, both teams getting better trade was the Bradley Chubb trade. You know, both sides definitely got better.
1: Oh, man, did they, Yeah.
0: Yeah, so Miami gets a, a stud linebacker,
1: right? Who they're Denver, talking about extending.
0: Right, so they're building around, they got a guy that they can build with. Denver got a first-round pick, a starting running back, who was signed because the Dolphins signed into a free agent contract, and they got an additional draft pick, a fourth-round draft pick. That's a good old-fashioned trade where both teams got better. So I think that is great. You have a lot of, you know, like, Chase Claypool to the Bears. Does that really do anything? I, I don't know. Like, Chase Claypool... Is kind of, eh. You know, he started out great. Had a good trajectory to the start of his career. And just kind of leveled off. And just kind of... Just kind of meh. You know, that's the best way I can... The best way I can describe it. I
1: feel feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers gave up a lot in that I mean, the the Bears gave up a lot in that trade, didn't they? Well, a second round pick for a second
0: round pick. Yeah, Claypool, essentially. he was a second rounder. So... Like, I don't know. I think that's going to end up being a wash, really. Um, The Hawkinson to the Vikings thing we're going to talk about later, so I'm not even going to touch that yet. It's still a head-scratcher. Roquan Smith for your team. That's That's a good move in that you solidify that linebacking core. Still not what you needed, though, if you're the Ravens. You need more help on offense. You needed more help on offense. And, yes, you may have brought in your franchise linebacker, but you gave up a second round, a fifth, and A.J. Klein. Okay, fine, whatever. But it doesn't help the offense. It doesn't help Lamar. It really doesn't. And you need guys to do that. Unless you are just laying in the weeds and waiting on on Odell Beckham to come back. But in terms of who got worse... It's hard to say anybody like really like bottomed out because you have the draft capital, right? So even for a team, you know, even for a team like the Commanders, right? They gave they they're getting something back. It's not you know, you're always gonna be getting something, but the most interesting to me, Jacksonville getting Calvin Ridley. That is the potential to be very very big considering the f- next year you'll have Kirk Ridley and Marvin Jones and Zay Jones yeah that's you know next year Jacksonville set up and Ch- Trevor Lawrence is not going to have any excuses moving forward none in terms of who did nothing like you know Kadarius Tony getting traded by the Giants the Giants need receivers Desperately, (laughs) desperately. And that was evidenced by, you know, that was no more evident than in the the Seahawks game. But trading away a guy who's as versatile as Tony for two draft picks and then not making that move, either they feel very confident that they're landing Beckham in free agency at a song or. This is Saquon's team. We're gonna run with it. That's the, the only two things that make sense with that trade because you don't you don't trade a talent like Kadarius Tony and get back what you got a, a first round talent and you don't get back what you got uh, unless they got you got a something.
1: first. They got a first and a third, right?
0: They got a second, I believe. Second. So yeah, they didn't get. Yeah, you you lost a little bit on that deal. You definitely they, they got. a... Th- they I got think a you third round a lot. compensatory pick and a sixth, a third and a sixth I for Tony. You
1: lost, I think you lost a lot. I mean, this is one of those things where I always say it's like look at the other teams and see what they're saying and see what they're doing. Mm. The Kansas City Chiefs call you about Kadarius Tony. The lights got to go off and say hmm. the defending, you know, one of the you know team that's won the Super Bowl, been the AFC Championship for you know three or four years. They're interested in one of our players, we can't get him on the field? In my, in my opinion, I think that I think Kansas City is going to put Kadarius Tony in like they had to re That's what they're going to do with that guy, and he's going to be outstanding, and the Giants are going to regret it. That's what I think is going to happen here. Now, as far as who I think, I think uh, got better, yeah, the Ravens got better better defensively. This was a team that was not able to close out games. Now you've got Queen and you've got Roquan Smith. I think Roquan Smith becomes the franchise linebacker. He's going to be there for the next 10 years. And I think that he's going to reach, he's going to change how well we play defense. <clears throat> and I think they're going to be able to start closing people out now. Now, who am I disappointed in? I'm really disappointed in the New York Jets. Like you got a guy, a wide receiver, Mims, who you guys can't seem to get on the field and play, right? You've got another wide receiver, Elijah Moore, who's asking to be traded. You lost a running back, right? So you went out and traded draft picks to get Robinson from the Jaguars. But you also lost a lineman in Barrett Tucker. And you also just came off of a bad loss against the Patriots. And you're not gonna try to flip more. Or Mims for for draft picks. You're telling me the Giants wouldn't want to t- spin their wheels on Elijah Moore. You're telling me the Packers don't want to spin the wheels on Elijah Moore. Come on, man. Like it's I'm more upset with what people didn't do than uh, you know anything they actually got back. I think the I actually think the Bears trade was actually very awful. I mean, what Chase, Chase Pool Claypool ain't shit and. You know, they the Pittsburgh was looking to get rid of the guy, so he didn't he didn't do anything there. Um, they did get better by you know trading the draft picks to the, 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 getting draft picks from the Ravens, but then also disappointing the Rams. And I'm not just because Cam Akers is on my fantasy team. But What are you guys doing? Like the guy doesn't want to play for you. How is it that how is it that Christian McCaffrey goes to the 49ers Chase Edmonds goes to the Denver Broncos, and you can't you can't move Cam Akers? Are you kidding me? There's no team out there that needs a backup running back? You're telling me that the Panthers wouldn't have taken him for a ham sandwich? Like, come on, man. Like, why wouldn't you try to move a guy that doesn't want to play for you? Why do teams want to hold on to players that don't want to play for them? What do you think is going to make them all of a sudden have an epiphany and say, oh, man, it's really good here. I'll stay? Like, what the fuck? Same, same thing with the Packers. How do the Packers not go get DJ Moore from the Panthers? How does that not happen? How, how do the Packers not go and... How do the Packers miss out on Kadarius, Tony? I, why can't anybody get Aaron Rodgers receivers? Like, why is this so difficult? You're telling me Mike Thomas? You're telling me the Saints weren't taking calls on Mike Thomas, who hasn't played all season and is finally going to play this weekend? Nobody needs Mike Thomas on their team. Again, I'm not just saying that because he's on my fantasy team. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But the the thing that I found interesting, and this was the most active trade deadline since 1990. There were 20 trades made. I found it interesting that a lot of teams were taking like the NBA approach to the trade deadline, trade deadline, or the Major League Baseball approach to the trade deadline, where, yo, we're going for it. Like, to me, the Dolphins are going for it. They're like, man, we got the receivers. We got the quarterback. We got now one of the best linebackers in the league. We're going for it. Like, there are more teams with 49ers. You know what? We're going to go get Christian McCaffrey. Screw it. F it. We're going to go get one of the best running backs in the game. We're going for it. Going for it. More teams in the NFL going for it where in the past I feel like people have always kind of stuck with what they had and if any trades were made they were nothing to really write home about.
0: Well, it is a different approach and a lot of teams are taking that Ram strategy of fuck them picks. Right, they're going for it now. The problem with going for it now is that you're not set up for later in the future. Somehow, <clears throat> the Rams were linked to Brian Burns of the Panthers and were willing to offer multiple first-round picks. What fucking year were these one, Were these first-round picks? Please enlighten me. What year were these? Twenty eighty-seven? 21 21, 72? Like, when the hell were these picks going to come? The
1: Eagles pick up two of Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn. Big time. They're going for it. We're going for it. Um,
0: They are going for it, but you know what? The problem with going for it. And that's fine. Short term, it's great. Long term, you set your franchise back. And that's exactly what's going on with the Rams right now. They don't have the cap space. They don't have the draft capital and they don't have the results because they chased a short term Super Bowl and they got it, right? At the expense of their future. Because Stafford's trash. getting older. Stafford's getting older. Aaron Donald is getting older. Whitworth retired. You don't, I mean, Cooper Cup is the only asset on that team that's worth anything, anything good on the trade market. So. You know, you're that it's fine and dandy that you you went for it, but in a few years when all these guys are gone, like what are you gonna have to show for it? And you know, that is what's going to be the most interesting. Need some last-minute fantasy football advice? Then the boys at the Fade Route have you covered. Tune in every NFL Sunday to Red Light Green Light One Two Three with DNZ. D and I give you our top one two three fantasy starts or green light and Fantasy 6, or Red Light. That's Red Light, Green Light, 1, 2, 3, every NFL Sunday during the season. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get the fade route. That's Red Light, Green Light, 1, 2, 3, with DNZ. Every NFL Sunday during the season. But speaking of having something to show for it, the Panthers and the Falcons. This weekend... Played for first place in the NFC South. The Panthers were (laughs) 2 5. The Falcons were 3 4, and they were playing for the Division League. With seconds left in the game, PJ Walker threw a touchdown to DJ Moore, tying the game. Slight problem. DJ Moore took off his helmet, which, as we know, is an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Drawing 15 yards 15 yards longer for Eddie Pinero, oh, their shit. kicker Eddie Pinheiro who Chicago Bear fans know is not the best in the world he missed the PAT he missed a chip shot field goal in overtime and it just left the door wide open for the Falcons and ku to kick them to victory in the division lead at 4-4 four so, who's getting the blame here for Pan- from Panther fans? DJ Moore, Eddie Pinero, the refs, or is it still Matt Rule?
1: <laughs> you should see Eddie, Eddie Pinero's face when you get the He's like, shit, shit. <laughs> like, you're like, I can't kick it this far. <laughs> oh, man. So kicking's my part-time job. Uh, you know what? My answer is going to surprise you. I really think they should be mad at the Raps. Uh, listen, I get I get the rule. I get it. I do get it. But that would have been like in the divisional playoff game, what, like five years ago or four years ago when Stefan Diggs scored that touchdown against the Saints. He took his helmet off and threw it. Like, if they called a 15-yard penalty on him, like, come on, man. Like, you can't. You gotta take into consideration the moment. Uh, he also did not take off his helmet while he was on the field. He took it off in the back of the end zone. He technically, he wasn't on the field when he took off his helmet. Um, so for me, it's like I think I think refs have to understand what the situation is. It was the end of the game. Uh, they still had to kick the field goal to win it. I I don't think I don't think you're you flagging for that.
0: You know the rule. The rule's been in place. It's not difficult to follow the rule. It's not. Keep your fucking helmet on. (laughs) Keep your fucking helmet on. It's not hard. Right? That is it and that is all. You wouldn't be having this conversation right now if DJ Moore just kept his fucking helmet on. That is it and that is all. It's not like he's a rookie. It's not like oh, I didn't know the, the the rule is on the books. The rule is enforced all the time. You can't. It was just
1: anything. but Z Z. It was such a beautiful throw. Like you understand, Walker will never throw a pass like that. for the rest of his life. Like this was such a big moment for P.J. Walker. This was such a big moment for the Carolina Panthers who just traded away their best player. They're coming off a week where they beat Tom Brady and the Bucs. Now they had a chance to beat the Falcons for first place in the division. And you're taking that away because a moron took his helmet off in the back of the end zone. I think that's tough, man. Like I think it's if it's Jake Delome throwing to like Joe Horn or throw into Steve Smith Sr., sure. You want, you want to flag him? Flag him. Oh, man, this is PJ Walker, man. Like, this guy has been around. He, he, I think he was in the app last year, or he was in the XFL. The XFL. Like, come on, give this guy a break. I mean, it's not his fault. You got Baker Mayfield in the sideline high-fiving people. <laughs>
0: It's not it's, P.J. Walker's fault. It's DJ not his Walker, fault, but he, he you're
1: you're, out. you're taking it away from him. Like, like I just you gotta take into consideration the, the situation. You can't just you can't just always go by the letter of the law. Like, it's not like this was at halftime, or it's not like this was like the, at the end of the third quarter. Man, this is the end of the game. I think they were even on the road. Come on, cut him some slack. Give him a little slack on this. Nope. nope. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Don't be a fucking idiot. That is it, and that is all. And DJ knew, Walker has knew. legitimate gripe with DJ Moore. I'm you, you cost us that game.
1: I'm going to fight you.
0: <laughs> Pin- we knew Pinero's not going to make the kick. I don't even feel bad about that. <laughs> well, I'm not even upset at him. <laughs>
1: even feel like DJ Walker's like... Damn man, he ain't hit this kick, man. There's no way he's hit this big. Do you Sorry. see his face on this on the going on the field? It's like no effin' way. No,
0: like absolutely not. I I can excuse Eddie Pinero because I know what Eddie Pinero is. I know who Eddie Pinero is. He sucks. Okay, <laughs> like th- that—that's who Eddie Pinero is as a kicker. He's
1: not Coop. <laughs> what Coop are we gonna do it? here? What are we gonna do here, Coach? We're going for two. Don't no, get out there and kick the damn ball. Ah, shit. Should have it right. Should have got did. a live chicken.
0: Should have got a live chicken. But Walker had the hell of a game. He did. He absolutely
1: did. It was such a beautiful pass. It was right where it needed to be, and it over to defenders and just like ah.
0: And all you have to do is control yourself. All you have to do is not take off your helmet. That is it and that is all. We're not asking you not to punch somebody in the face. We're not asking you not to shove somebody like in the Bill's Packers game on the sideline. We're not asking you to not pretend to pee in the end zone like Elijah Moore did when he was in college and Odell Beckham did. We're not asking you that, we're asking you just to keep your chin straps on and keep your helmet on your head. It's not too much to ask. It's not.
1: Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you, Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that D&Z sent you.
0: But speaking of not too much to ask for, you know, (laughs) New York. New York. New York had a rough weekend. NYCFC lost to the Union in the MOS Eastern Conference Final. The, The Jets lost to the Pats in a very winnable game. It was not the homecoming blowout that you're used to. And the Giants lost a very sloppy game for both teams. Both teams played very sloppy. But they went down to Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks, who thanked Jerry Reese and Ben McAdoo after the game. (laughs) True story. So which loss was worse in your eyes?
1: Well, you know, we differed on our pick segment. You know, I actually had the Giants going to Seattle and losing. It's just a tough place to go and play. It's just, you know, and... And the way the Giants are playing right now, their offense is pretty predictable. And you're, you're, if you're asking Daniel Jones to go out there and make throws to incompetent receivers, you're not going to win football games. No way. You're not going to be able to be down by two scores, come back and win. That's not. That's not going to happen. Especially when teams know now we're going to key on. We're going to key on Barkley. And we're going to take away your first throw, and we know you're going to run. You know, that's that's really the name of the game. The defense played solid, but it only held up for a bit. The worst loss? New York Jets. Like, come on, man. Like, you, for the first time, I think since 2000, the, they were facing the Patriots, and they had a better record than the Patriots. And they're coming into your place. Let me tell you a story. I was watching the game and it was 10 nothing, And I was at home. I drove to Long Island, which took me almost three hours. And when I got there, it was 22-10. to The Patriots. And it was four minutes left in the game. And the stadium was empty. Everybody started to leave. Because Zach Wilson thinks he's playing in the Mountain West Conference. Flicking the ball all over the place. What are you doing? Who are you throwing the ball to? What the hell is going on? Uh, bad interceptions. I mean, and I'm surprised that New York media, that nobody's questioning if this guy should be the starting quarterback after that dismal performance. You got a lead. At one point, they had the Patriots pinned in their own end zone. Somehow the Patriots got out. They're letting Stevenson run over the middle, catch the ball, and, and just there's no one tackling him for yards and yards at a time. Oh, but we got Sauce Gardner, who's a lockdown corner. Great. They're not throwing the ball on the outside, assholes. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Like, uh, listen, Joe D might know how to draft well, but I'm sorry. I just don't understand the scheme that went into the game. I don't understand how this kid is just throwing in interceptions to nobody. And... Where's the accountability? Where's the accountability? This is year two. That's my. That's what I got. What do you got?
0: The Giants. The Giants are who the Giants are. They don't have a number one receiver. Slayton is good. He's not a one. Slayton's a two. He's a one on this team. You cannot. He
1: certainly played like a two.
0: Five for 66, not not awful, but definitely not a, a one performance, right? Lockett had five for 63 in the touchdown. So if you want to talk about receiver, you know, if you want to talk about receiving leaders, neither team did great. So, but these teams are not built for that. They're built for a run. They're built for the run. Kenneth Walker and Barkley, surprisingly, very similar. Walker had 18 for 51, Barkley had 20 for 53, with a touchdown. These teams are evenly matched. The only only difference was the turnover battle. Richie James loses two fumbles, Tyler Lockett loses one fumble. It mattered, because Daniel Jones did not put the ball in the end zone, whereas Geno Smith did. So there's your difference right there. Daniel Jones got sacked five times, and could not get the ball into the end zone. Recovered a fumble, so he did lose one, but he got it, but he did get it back. The Giants can't afford to have a mistake-laden game with the talent they have. The Giants have to play error-free football every week. Now, the Jets' defense, up until this past week, was playing well enough that you can kind of get around some of Zach Wilson's mistakes. Some of Zach Wilson's deficiencies. But, if you look at it, the Pats were ready, right? 143 combined yards for Ramondre Stevenson. Like that's impressive. That is absolutely impressive. That's Sony Michelle and James White combined. Like they have <coughs> they have a number one. Their their defense just couldn't seal the deal. The Jets defense just could not seal the deal. And in the third quarter, they got their doors blown off. And Zach Wilson did not help matters. Like, his job is to make sure that the ball stays with the Jets. And they were, in a way, 20 or 41. Not great numbers at all, right? But the main number that I'm looking at is 15. What's 15 representative of? The number of carries that the Jets had. Their rushing game, only ran 15 times. 15. That's not enough. That's not enough. Especially in a game that you're still in. You can control the clock by running the fucking football. And Matt LaFleur's little brother needs to realize that by running the football, you open up the pass. And if you do that... You're not Zach Wilson is not doing the stupid pirouettes and the friggin' you know, Cirque du Soleil bullshit. Because if the EVE found Garrett Wilson, six for 115, clearly there's something there. And Mims had a game, two for 76. Good for Denzel Mims. They found them after three years. They finally found them. Excellent job.
1: Better quarterback, Sam Mills or Zach Wilson?
0: Hmm. Mm. I'm gonna have to go long neck. Like I would have yeah. to say, I would have yeah. to say long neck is a long neck is a more
1: polished quarterback.
0: Better Zach quor- Wilson, Zach Wilson has still has the potential.
1: Better Davis quarterback, Mills is who
0: Davis Mills? Is.
1: Better quarterback, Davis Mills or Trevor Lawrence?
0: Mmm. More polished quarterback, Davis Mills. Yeah. He's a good player. Good player. Absolutely. You know what? The the Houston Texans found a hidden gem. They absolutely did. And we'll see what he becomes. But it's not over for Wilson yet. He's got to take to the coaching. If it's not there, throw it away.
1: You mean listen to Mike LeFleur?
0: He's got to do something. Because, I mean, I'm sure Mike LaFleur is not designing these runs. He's not designing these Cirque du Soleil double pirouettes and then flipping it, hoping it would get, it'll get out of air. I don't think that's coming from Matt LaFleur's little brother. So the decision-making needs to be cleaned up, and that comes through coaching, and that comes through playing and experience. Now, he's not going to get pushed by Joe Flacco. He wasn't pushed by Joe Flacco. I don't think he's necessarily going to get pushed by Mike White. You know, because not Mike White has now been named the backup quarterback for the rest of the year. I don't think that's enough heat on Zach Wilson for him to up his game. I really don't think that that's the case. But the Jets need to develop that rushing identity. They had it with Brees Hall. They need to see what they have. Between Carter and Robinson, they have two very good running backs. They need to figure out how to use them. And they need to figure out how to use them soon because they're going into Buffalo this weekend. And the best way to possibly challenge the Bills, not necessarily beat them, but at least challenge them, is to keep Josh Allen off the field. And the best way to keep Josh Allen off the field is to make sure that you are running the ball and killing the clock. That's what you have to do. Three and outs or kicks, they're not going to do the job. All you're going to do is tire out your defense, and your defense is going to break. That's what's going to happen. And if they play like they played this weekend, the season is going to spiral out of control very, very quickly. Fair or foul? Judging the more messed up moments of the week. All right, boys and girls here's how it goes. We have a statement, and it's either a fair statement or a foul statement. Fair or foul. Number one, the Lakers are
1: one in five. <laughs> it's fair, because it's what it is. It's what they are. They're bad. They're bad to the bone. They're bad. They're terrible. They're awful. They're hard to watch. I just I'm curious. I'm curious how this is gonna play out. You gotta trade them. Trade them all. Every single one of them. Send LeBron to the Knicks and Anthony Davis <laughs> to the Blazers. And ride it out with Westbrook. Let him let him try to score as many points as he can.
0: Well, I wonder. Is it tampering? What Miles Turner did on a on the podcast recently, where he uh, said that the Lakers should revisit the late the Russell Westbrook trade, is that considered tampering? I would just like to know because he went out and stated all the reasons why he would be better served to be on the on the Lakers. So he he was in he put his resume right he put his resume out on this podcast to try and get. The Lakers brass to reconsider the Buddy Healed Russell Westbrook and Miles Turner trade. Now, the Lakers are nothing to write home about. They are, they have the second worst average in terms of scoring. And the only team that's worse is the Clippers. So, good job there. You're old in the tooth, you're long in the tooth. You have seemingly immovable contracts. You have no semblance of a team. Darvin Ham, uh, Darvin Ham, like we'll see what he is as a head coach, but there's a lot, there's a lot of tumult right now. It's a very tumultuous relationship between Russ and the organization, Russ and LeBron, Russ and the new coach. I, I don't know what this is going to be but they need to consider blowing it up. We were talking about long-term versus short-term earlier, and in the short-term sense, you're losing. You have the ability to recoup something that will give you some long-term sustenance, but you have to be willing to pull the trigger. This team is 1-5. They're in last place in their division. They don't match up with any of these teams. Yes, it is early. It's six games into the season. LeBron can pull his magic and, you know, trade for veterans, get that infusion of veterans at the expense of young players, as is his move. But... It doesn't change the fact that this team is fundamentally flawed and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Fair or foul? Number two. The Lions trading TJ Hawkinson within the division to the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Man, that's disrespectful. Right? (laughs) They're... they're, This is what they think of you. (laughs) They're, They're trading you to their division rival. Uh... Yeah, it's foul to me, man. It's just total disrespect. Like, you don't think I'm that good? You don't think I'm going to hurt you for the next five or six years to come? So I'm going foul.
0: Well, this is, a t- this is tough, right? As a business decision, if you just look at it from a pure business decision, they got a second and a third for TJ Hawkinson. Was there a better deal out there? I don't know. Who's going to, who would have used, who could have used a tight end of TJ Hawkinson's caliber? The Giants, but would they be willing to part with a, a first round pick? You know, would that be a sweeter deal? I don't know. Would, would the Rams be willing to pony up? Like, I don't know that. The Rams seem to be all in Mr. You know, Fuck Them Picked, but maybe he doesn't value TJ Hawkinson as highly as the Vikings do. But, you know, I'm saying it's fair. From a business standpoint, you get the best deal you possibly can. And if it's in division, it's in division. It's no different than if he got cut and then he got signed by the Vikings. You at least got something back for him. And it's the Vikings. Let's be real here. There is no guarantee. There are no guarantees that the Vikings will actually utilize him properly, that the Vikings will be any good moving forward, even though they are six and one right now. Kirk Cousins can Kirk Cousins at any moment. Dalvin Cook can get hurt and his season will his season will tank the entire offense. That's just what the Vikings do. So, you get the best you can, completely fair, and you know now the onus is on TJ Hawkinson to show that they made a mistake. Fair or foul, number three, the Las Vegas Raiders getting shut out in New Orleans by Andrew Dalton and the Saints.
1: That's foul, man. You got the best, one of the best kickers in the league. Okay. Mm-hmm. Vontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, future Hall of Famer, allegedly. <laughs> Josh McDaniels, offensive guru. You can't get three points. You can't get three points on the Saints with with uh, with Taysom Hill playing tight end and and Jameis Winston healthy sitting on the sideline. It's a foul, man
0: completely foul to the point where Jared Stidham <laughs> was in the game. Jared, Jared Stidham was in the game. So he was 8-13 for 72 yards. He was moving the ball better than Derek was, Which makes sense because he was in the New England offense for how many years? So it is completely foul that the Las Vegas Raiders have foobarred this so badly. One reception for three yards. Devontae Adams. That's not what you traded for. One reception for six yards. Hunter Renfro. Like, those are your guys. Those are the guys who are supposed to be carrying the load. Nothing. Darren Waller? Don't even know him. Your best offensive threats on Sunday. Mac Hollins, Foster Moreau, and Keelan Cole. Remember Keelan Cole?
1: That guy.
0: Yeah. And even then, it wasn't great. He had two receptions. Stop. The running game, the running game's going nowhere. The receiving it's, it's game all, is going nowhere. all
1: after a week where Josh Jacobs had like 145 yards rushing and three
0: touchdowns. Hmm? The... The Raiders took a major step back by not keeping Rich Passaccia. We said it last year. He demonstrated, he proved that he was more than deserving, more than capable to be a head coach. He took that John Gruden mess and turned it into a playoff team. The Raiders were in the playoffs last year. Playoffs! and this is how far they've sunk to where they can't score against a team being led by Andy Dalton Andy fucking Dalton Andrew yes Andrew, respect so it's amazing to me how much the Raiders have regressed and I have to think he's one and done I have to think that Josh McDaniels is one and done It's amazing to me what what he's done with this franchise, and what you know what atrocity this has become. Because at one point it was it was pretty promising. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. Here's how it goes. We put up a poll on our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of that poll gets a shout-out on this here show and the coveted ass trophy. And do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week, D? I don't. One, Mr. Aaron Boone. <laughs> Aaron Boone. Aaron Well, maybe you want to show your home run against Wakefield next time instead of the Red Sox coming back from 3 3-0. Three Maybe that's me. You can call me crazy, like, but hey, whatever. That's just me. But that was last week. This is this week. Who you got, Dave?
1: First up, I got Robert Sala, Joe D. Demoting Joe Flacco to the third string because you want to see what Mike White has. Then why didn't Mike White start the season? I think if you, I think you know what Mike, I think we all know what Mike White is at this point. Joe D., Robert Sala, you're my legends superstars of the week. Number two, the Vegas Raiders shutout by Andrew Dalton and the Saints at home. Well, the Saints were at home. Josh McDaniels, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Hall of Famer Derek Carr, Jared Sidham got into this game. Vegas, you're going nowhere fast. You're all my alleged superstars of the week. And last, Lance McCullers. Giving up five bombs. <laughs> Seven earned runs. Six hits. In four and a third. Lance, did you know there was a World Series game last night? You know you're pitching for like the Astros? Ah, whatever. Lance McCullers, you're my alleged superstar of the week. Z, what do you got?
0: All fine choices. Let's start with the Brooklyn Nets. Start with Kyrie, Irving. starting point guard for the Brooklyn Nets. Espousing and promoting anti-Semitic books and an anti-Semitic movie on Twitter, not backing down from it, the organization not taking him to task initially. They've since mended fences that are now donating to anti-Semitic causes. He's now taking responsibility for the post's impact on the Jewish community. So that's how the week started. This is how it ended. Steve Nash losing his job, the team being two and five, and now you're bringing in Ime Udoka, the suspended coach from the Celtics. This is nothing but a shit show. This is a Brooklyn shit show. Brooklyn Nets, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Dan Snyder, hiring Bank of America Securities to explore the sale of the Washington Commanders. Mr. I will never sell. They'll always be the Redskins. (laughs) Right? Now he's going to sell. Why? Because he's being investigated for his financial now all of a sudden it's prudent to sell
1: yeah
0: yeah something is gonna come out it's gonna be very juicy we didn't even mention when Snyder said that he had enough to take down the entire league right he had enough he had enough juice he had enough This guy. He's a piece of... He's a piece of something. He's a piece of work. He's really a piece of work. Daniel Snyder. You are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least... uh, Antonio Brown. Again. Trolling Tom Brady after the divorce. Dude! Stop poking the bear. Leave the guy alone. Leave him alone. But right? all you're, you're insinuating that you were banging his wife. True! Right! Come on! Why? Why is this happening? Antonio Brown, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Those are ours. The poll is going up. Make sure you vote and you vote and you vote and you vote. And for our nominees. Just do better boys, just do better.
1: championship from dnz this year you can play our football pick'em on cbs sports and compete against us in the option every week check the link in our instagram bio fade route podcast for all the details and to sign up then tune into the fade route every week until the super bowl for updates and standing bring it on!
0: Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. It is the option for week nine. That's right, week nine. There are only 18 weeks, so we are halfway there. And a lot of these teams are living on a prayer. But you know who else is living on a prayer? foxy right now in our CBS pick and poll he is ahead by one count them one game it is tight it is tight right now and you can still join go to fade route podcast on IG click the link in bio and join today but let's see what you got the Thursday night game of the week the 7-0 Eagles fly into Houston to take on the 1-5-1 Houston Texans Eagles, the Texans are going to give them a scare Thursday night short week it'll be scary but the Eagles are supremely talented fly Eagles fly Sunday, 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 the 4-3 Los Angeles Chargers travel east to Atlanta to take on the 4-4 division leading Atlanta Falcons.
1: Falcons, baby.
0: I got to take the Falcons, too. It's hard to believe that that Justin Herbert isn't hurt. He's playing through something right now, and Falcons are rolling. The Falcons are absolutely rolling right now. They're going to stick with it. The five and three Dolphins with their new look linebacking core go into Soldier Field to take on the three and five Bears, missing their best linebacker in Roquan Smith.
1: Dolphins.
0: Pretty handily. And they're gonna play Chicago Bear football. They're gonna run it down their throat. Dolphins, Dolphins, Dolphins. The two and six Carolina Panthers. Go into Cincinnati to take on the 4-4, four and four swooning Cincinnati Bengals.
1: Yeah, the Bengals are in trouble, man. Their offense is in ruins without uh, Jamar Chase. So for me, I am
0: going with the Panthers. <coughs> I'm going to take the Panthers, too. I think that jettisoning that jettisoning Rule was the start of something. Getting rid of that knucklehead Robbie Anderson was part two. The Bengals are not what they were last year. The Super Bowl hangover is very real. That offensive line is still not great. If Brian Burns can get to the quarterback, it could be a long day in Cincinnati. The 3-5 Packers go into Detroit to take on the 1-6 Lions.
1: Oh, uh, GB's got to win this one, man.
0: This is tough. Like, Green Bay is just swirling down the drain right now. The Lions play hard. Fuck it. I'm taking the Lions. I'm going to take the Lions. Because the, the Packer defense is no good. It is absolute trash. And DeAndre Swift can totally have a game against them. The 2-5 Raiders at the 2-6 Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: I'm going to take the Jaguars.
0: It's hard not to, right? It's hard not to take the Jaguars. Like, the Raiders are such a fucking mess. Jaguars. Jaguars big. So there you go. This used to be a big matchup. Now, not so much. The 3-4-1 Indianapolis Colts going to Foxborough to take on the 4-4 four four New England Patriots. New England. Peyton and Brady, this is not. The immortal Sam Ellinger. Against the Immortal Mac Jones. I think Ramondre Stevenson's going to have a ma- a monster game. Pats win. Pretty handily. The 6-1 Bills go into the Meadowlands to take on the 5-3. and three. J-E-T-S. Jets. Jets. Jets.
1: The Jets are going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo.
0: Yeah. Buffalo... Buffalo, pretty. it's a pretty solid bet. Especially now that Naheem Hines is there. Naheem! Naheem Hines. They sent your boy Zach Moss packing. So he's on the Colts now. So we'll see what this new running game looks like. We'll see what James Cook does, right? He's going to be the main guy. And his brother's playing at 1 o'clock too. The 6-1 and Vikings... Go into DC, land over Maryland, really, to take on the four and four Washington Commander.
1: Commies.
0: Oof. The Immortal Taylor Heineke. Interesting. I'm gonna go with the Vikings. You know, it's a Kirk Cousins revenge game, kinda sorta, not really. (laughs) And yeah, it's kinda sorta not really. That's that's Kirk Cousins in a nutshell. He's an elite quarterback, kinda, sorta, not really. The Vikings are going to take this. Two touchdowns for Jefferson, 120 yards for Dalvin Cook. We're into the four o'clock hour. The five and three Seahawks at the three and five Arizona Cardinals. Seahawks. Go Hawks. Cardinals look like absolute trash. The 4 25 game. The 3 and 4 Rams go into Tampa Bay to take on the 3 and 5 Bucks. You
1: gotta think the Bucks are gonna
0: win that game. This is. Yeah. Gotta, right? They gotta. They gotta. The Rams are nothing to write home about this year. The Rams are absolutely nothing to write home about. So the Bucks should take this pretty, pretty handily. Your Sunday night special, the 5-2 and two Titans seem to have quietly stabilized themselves. Go into Arrowhead to take on the 5-2 and two Chiefs. Yeah, I
1: think the Chiefs are going
0: to win. How about them Chiefs? Loaded for bear. And the Titans are, if they're starting Malik Willis again, not going to be a great performance. And your Monday night delight, kind of, sort of, maybe. I don't know. The 5-3 Ravens go into New Orleans to take on the 3-5 and five Saints.
1: Ravens. I think they beat Andrew Dalton
0: and company. They'll at least score a touchdown. They'll, they'll at least score a touchdown, unlike the Raiders. I'm going to take the Ravens as well. I think Roquan and this defense smother Andrew Dalton, and it's not going to be pretty. Teams on a bye this week. A lot of them six teams the Browns the Cowboys the Broncos the Giants the Steelers and the Niners adjust your fantasy rosters accordingly
1: this has been the fade route with DNZ thanks for tuning in tonight catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor Spotify iHeartRadio wherever you listen to your podcast until next time stay faded everyone
0: time for us to run the go route but we'll talk to you next week